Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders bringing Broadway and the theater back to life after the shutdown. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the actor Norm Lewis. He's a longtime musical theater favorite who's appeared on Broadway in shows including Porgy and Bess, The Little Mermaid, Once on This Island, and Phantom of the Opera. And he's back this fall in Chicken and Biscuits. In a Broadway first for the actor, Chicken and Biscuits isn't a musical, it's a play. But don't worry, he still does a little singing along the way. Lewis is in the virtual studio with me to talk about his involvement in Black Theatre United, why it was so important to him to play the Phantom, and what it's been like making his Broadway return while Broadway itself is making a return of its own. Hi Norm, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. So you are getting ready right now for your, I'm talking to you mid mid in media race and yeah. you're like getting ready for uh, for a day of rehearsal. Tell me a little bit about what that involves. Yeah, we're still in previews. And the thing about that is that, you know, it the show is uh, a lot of times it's experimental, like some things they might change a line here or change a uh, direction or movement. Or something like that. So you, uh, you know, you have all this time until opening night, and after opening, it's quote unquote frozen. That's never really true because there's things that change after opening night uh, a lot of times as well. But it's, um, yeah, you still have this this uh, allotted time to kind of see if certain other things might work, or you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And what's it like being back on stage and on Broadway after the shutdown? Well, gosh, that's a layered question because just to be back on stage is awesome, no matter where you are. I've been lucky enough to do concerts around the country mm-hmm. and some were outside, some were inside. Um, but 
it was great to just have that visceral immediate reaction right away and uh it just felt so good after 18 months of you know not just staring into a computer and maybe singing or doing you know some um some readings that way but to be back on broadway you know this is like the zenith of what live entertainment is and uh it just feels so good and the audiences are are ready for it the actors are ready the audiences are ready everybody's ready so it feels really really good yeah and chicken and biscuits the play you're in comes to broadway after an earlier run at the queen's theater had you had a chance to to see it then no i didn't even know i mean i knew about it but i didn't know what it was about and mm. um i had um spoken with doug lyons our writer our creator our brilliant creator um some months before that uh because there was a possibility that i could have done the queen's uh theater but um i uh did you know him before then because you were both he was a is a performer has been a performer on broadway so had you come across each other yes we uh we met actually funny enough we met at a wedding of a mutual friend of ours Mm -hmm. and um, we started talking and he was saying, you know, obviously someone who was younger than I am African-American and he was like, he admired my work and all this stuff. And so I was very honored by that. But then he said, yeah, yeah, I have some, uh, some, uh, things that I'm writing, I'm creating, and I would love you to be a part of that. And, uh, I've done a reading for him, mm-hmm. uh, a, a musical reading, uh, a show called five points, which you'll, it's brilliant. But, um, yeah, when he mentioned Chicken and Biscuits, I didn't know anything about it. But he said, yeah, this show, I think, is going to be great. And I think you'd be great in it. But our schedules didn't work out then. But it definitely worked out for Broadway. <laughs> yeah, how and when did that finally fall into place then? Um, it was basically once we knew that we were coming back uh, to Broadway. Um, so it was in the summer. He had gotten notice. You know, obviously, the people that were creating and the producers and everybody knew what was happening with Broadway. And so he reached out. He said, uh, we're hopefully coming back like in the, in the uh, fall. So I would love you to be a part of it. And so that was where the seed was planted. Yeah. And what appealed to you about this project in particular? Well, after reading it, it was like, okay, I totally understand who these people are. I know this family. I know because <laughs> they're my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I can relate to it just because of the background, you know, being in the church. I grew up in the church. My grandfather was a preacher. Uh, I invoked his spirit. Most of my family is church going or like it. My dad was the chairman of the deacon board. So wow. I know what this environment is all about. But what I also loved about it was the fact that it was about family. And mm-hmm. it's told through the lenses of an African-American uh, culture. But everyone can relate to it, which is awesome we've had a lot of people who were of jewish faith and catholic faith saying oh my god that's my family that's my aunt that's my brother you know right yeah and do you i was about my next question was going to be do you did you do any sort of special preparation for the role or in terms of how you created your character how it sounds like you drew a lot on your own experiences with some of the folks in your own family i was lucky yeah to be able to draw on that those experiences my past experiences but you know you can always uh look up i i was looking up preachers as well that are modern day and um you know, to see if there, there was anything new, but actually, no, there's nothing new. <laughs> it's basically the same sort of, you know, thing. People are, um, 
they they present themselves in a way that I'm used to from my childhood uh, when it comes to preaching and talking about the gospel. Mm. And how is that? Can you can you characterize that for us? Yeah, there's a you know there's there's a lot of preachers that are like I have a cousin, Bob, his name is Bobby Lewis, and uh, he's actually going to be coming to opening night. But he's a pastor up here uh, in New York City at New Light Baptist Church. And what I love about his take is that he teaches about the Bible. He teaches about God. He was explaining, and I can't give you specifics right at this moment, but I do remember going to uh, a sermon where he talked about what is part of the Middle East and the names they were called back in the day, you know, that are from the Bible. He said, now this is called this. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. Where a lot of preachers that I grew up with, and also my grandfather, would talk about certain things and give great messages. But then all of a sudden, there would be this performance aspect that would come into it mm -hmm. and um just to get the crowd riled up and uh and obviously it works and it, it hits hits you from an emotional standpoint and a spiritual standpoint right and so many of the folks involved in this production are people making their broadway debut that must contribute to like the atmosphere of just sort of the whole experience what's that been like oh it's been so wonderful uh the the gratitude of the people that are in this show it's every day they come and they're so excited and they're so grateful to be there and i am you know i am too i'm just so because this this is not my broadway debut but it is my broadway play debut yeah and um just to be in that atmosphere and that loving atmosphere knowing that you know how how wonderful people feel about that so and is there a sense that they that you're sort of doing things a little differently? Because here are all these folks who aren't sort of beholden to all the traditions that you know Broadway people who are more regularly on Broadway, like yourself, might might just sort of do out of habit. Like, is there a sense that you're sort of operating a little differently? Um, I don't necessarily have to worry about you know because usually when I'm doing a musical, I have to make sure that my voice is yeah. right right on point. Uh, I'm not as precious about it this time. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I do have some things that I uh, that I have to do some vocalese uh, in the show, so I do warm up in that regard. I do warm up physically, uh, you know, stretching mm -hmm. and things like that. And I try to do my you know top of the teeth, tip of the tongue kind of thing, you know, the the Peter Piper pick the peck of pick of peppers, all that stuff. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's I would say it's not as strenuous as if it were in a musical, because, mm. you know, in a musical, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, uh, this is a physical show, though, there's a lot of physicality that's in it. Yeah. So we do have to make sure but it's not as precious as if I were in a musical. Right, right. And as we talked, as we mentioned earlier, the writer of the show, Douglas Lyons has is and has been an actor on Broadway. And I, I wonder, has that do you see that manifesting in the way he writes in the way he writes for actors and sort of the kind of, and how he works with you? Oh, absolutely. And I think that that actually uh, helps with our performances as actors. Um, I, I think some of the best directors, some of the best uh, uh, writers are people who have performed in the past and because they understand what the experience is, you know, there's some great, directors out there i mean there's a lot of great directors out there who are great 
uh, coaches and they guide you to where you need to go. But if you understand the experience and, and what you have to, you know, the whole being of being an actor, um, it, it just kind of just gives you a better uh, sense of what is necessary to make this product come out right. And Jalen Levingston and uh, Douglas together are a, an, um, like, amazing combination it's yeah, like he's the director Jalen. yeah he's a, it's just this combustion of 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 talent that that we actually trust i mean here this guy is 27 years old Jalen, our director but i feel like i'm in the room with someone who is my age or older because he's got such depth and such like i forget he's 27 like he could be my son mm -hmm. <laughs> he could be my son <laughs> And what was the appeal of the play element? As you mentioned, this is your uh, a debut of sorts for you in terms of you're not singing. I mean, there's some vocal stuff in this show, but you're right. not, you're not, it's not a big splashy Broadway musical. What, what was the appeal of, sort of trying that for you? Well, first of all, I just want to qualify. If you hear water boiling, that's my coffee being made. <laughs> okay. No, you gotta, you gotta prep for rehearsal. I understand. Exactly. Um, uh, I've been, you know, it's, you have to be careful what you ask for, ask the universe for, hmm. because I've been saying now for years, I want to do a play. Like I love doing musical theater, but it is extremely difficult um, and challenging. I love it. I do love it. Um, but you know, when I was doing Phantom, I had to live like a monk. I didn't speak during the day and I would right. go to work. Right. And uh, you know, a lot of my social activities were put on hold or never existed. So hmm. Doing a play, not saying that it's not as difficult, but it's just like I said, it's not as precious uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to making sure that you sound the same way you did on Tuesday as you do on Sunday. Um, and because those audiences, you know, they come for that. As a, in a play, I could, you know, I could probably have a raspy voice. Like if, you know, if, if I'm a little tired that day, but I can still have the same intention um, uh, so also I wanted to dive deep into being, uh, uh, into a character without having the limitation of following a cadence of music. You know what I mean? Like you have mm -hmm. to stay restricted within those meters and within those measures and that rhythm where in a play, you can kind of make your own rhythm. Um, you know, one day I might get mad uh, by yelling at someone or I might get mad and stay very quiet, but intense. So it's all those kinds of elements that I wanted to explore. Hmm. Uh, and I would love to do more plays um, uh, just to kind of, you know, face that challenge. Musical theater definitely is something like when I do Sweeney Todd, it's it's definitely an intense thing, but you're stuck within the cadence of that mm -hmm. music um, right and you find your way within that but um i hope i explained that correctly yeah no yeah. that makes that makes perfect sense although you did you did start this uh this the, telling us about this by saying that you have to be careful what you wish for are you why <laughs> why do you have to be careful it seems like you got it and now maybe you'll do it again what's <laughs> well you have to be very you have to be very specific and what you I see. <laughs> and and um and, you know, it's funny because I've manifested so many things in my life. I said, uh, you know, it took it took time. I mean, they, they always say, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so 
I, I remember trying to manifest phantom. I saw it 20 years earlier and then right. almost to the day, <clears throat> 20 years later, I got to star in the show. Right. Um, I've, you know, manifested a play. I've like, I've been wanting a play for a long time. Finally, it's come to fruition. Um, there's a lot of things in my life that has happened like that. Um, and so you have to be very specific on what you want. And so this is, this is what it is. And you're back, uh, in circle in the square for the show, which yeah. you've performed in before for once on this Island. What right. do you, that is a, a sort of unique experience on Broadway anyway, in terms of the size of the house and the fact that you can definitely see every other single person, uh, you know, in the house with you. Do you enjoy that kind of proximity? And, and I do. Yeah. I do. You cannot hide. You cannot hide. You have to act. Um, you have to be in the moment no matter what. Um, usually on a proscenium stage, if you're in the back, you can kind of, you know, lay back a little bit. But you know, hopefully you're not because the people mm. pay, pay a lot of money for it. But when you're in the round like that or, or the, you know, the majorly thrust stage, you have to stay active and you uh, have to be in the moment. You have to be in the moment. And and luckily with this show, a lot of it has, I wouldn't say audience participation, but there is an audience, um, you are allowed to respond and um, to actually break the fourth wall. Um, so it, it actually feels great to do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you also performed, uh, at the Tony Awards this year. What was that experience like? I'm sure it must've been very different from your prior Tony Awards experiences. Yeah. Um, I was honored to be asked for in the first place and, and to sing with my, one of my favorite singers, Kelly O'Hara. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, you know, very, uh, very moving, uh, knowing and seeing the names of those people who have we've lost in the past couple of years. Um, it's uh, it's in honor of them. And it, I kept saying to myself, this is to honor them. This is to honor them. It's not about me. It's not about Kelly. It's to honor them. And um, and also, uh, you know, honor Broadway. I'm just so happy that we got a chance to celebrate the past couple of years of you know missing what we've missed and to i'm glad adrian warren got her tony <laughs> i'm glad danny burstein finally got his tony <laughs> yes mm -hmm. and david allen greer as well you know i was so happy for all of the winners and um but it was the, the award shows to me are a celebration of what we do and you know i love what we do so so much and i love our community so much so it felt great it felt really great to be a part of that I'll have more with Norm right after the break. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, here's more with actor Norm Lewis. Norm, Chicken and Biscuits is one of seven plays by Black writers so far uh, appearing on Broadway this season. Can you tell us a little bit about the significance of that from your perspective? It's uh, essentially unprecedented. Yeah, no, this is, it's great. It's one of those things where, okay, you know, we've had a major cultural shift the past couple of years, and especially starting last year with all of the things that happened and the murders and the you know uprising and the riots and stuff so i think people are finally having conversations uh about change Mm -hmm. and um i love the fact that we're because we got a long way to go i mean we've come a long way but we got a long way to go now what i don't want is this to be a one-off it's like okay let's do this this year and, you know, because there is so many um, plays that are, are like, I think it's seven plays. And then if you add up the musicals, I think there's like 14 um, uh, that are led by African-American uh, creators. Right. I don't want this to be a one-off uh, and just, you know, to satisfy uh, a quota or whatever the word I'm looking for. But uh, I want this to be the beginning. I want this to be the beginning of, plays for Asians, plays for uh, Hispanics uh, or Latinx, I should say, or, you know, just just to tell stories from many different perspectives. Uh, and uh, I think that that window is still open for that. So um, I'm glad to see what's going on. I'm celebrating to see what's going on this season, but I want it to continue. Yeah. You're one of the founding members of Black Theatre United with folks like Roger McDonald and LaShawns and Vanessa Williams and Kenny Leon. Yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, how, when and how you got involved with that. Well, it was from the beginning. Uh, uh, I remember LaShawns and Audra having a conversation uh, amongst themselves about what happened with George Floyd. And they said, where are the producers for... Um, for Broadway what you know is there is anyone saying anything and um there was a lot of passion that was going into that that question and so um they decided to call their friends um thank god I'm one of those friends and um just have a zoom and talk about it Mm. um because you know obviously Broadway was not happening at that time so we wanted to see what is going on with our world our culture our industry, things like that. And so we just decided it was about, I think about 20 or 21 of us were in that Zoom. And then from that, we decided, let's start something. Let's do something. There were other uh, organizations out there, Black uh, Black Theater Coalition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a B, uh, Broadway Advocacy Group um, Coalition. Um, and so we're uniting with all of them as well and trying to basically have the same message um, of 
let's start a conversation and let's have people of different backgrounds in the room, not only creatively, but, you know, we want to see it in administration, in casting, in producing. Um, and so we're putting forth efforts to make changes that way and letting people know that they can, you know, if you love theater, but are not a performer, you still can be a part of theater in some capacity. Yeah. And those are the conversations. Yeah, and one of the things that BTU recently uh, released just last month was uh, uh, the, called The New Deal. That was sort of a list of commitments uh, that uh, sort of all aspects of the industry made to toward making change. And that grew out of this series of summit meetings uh, over the course of many months and that were broken down into cohorts, as I understand it. And I imagine you participated as in one of the acting cohorts. Is that, do I have that right? Yeah, well, I was part of the union uh, uh, oh, committee. Yeah. Uh, and we basically, there was, you know, this huge um, uh, forum, basically, uh, of people from different industry, you know, different parts of this industry. Mm -hmm. And we had a big meeting and then we split off into different uh, committees, um, unions and producers and creatives and things like that. And so we had conversations and we were lively and, and we let people like, tell us what you feel. If you feel this is wrong, tell us that, you know, let's let us have a conversation. And so we, from those conversations, we put this new deal together with lawyers and you know a facilitator uh, who deals with diversity and things like that. And uh, we put together a, 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 this documentation that we wanted people to at least commit to moving forward with it. Uh, is it is it solid? I wouldn't say that it's solid. I think it's it's malleable. Um, like the constitution, we want people to be able to amend things because things change over time, but we're just so happy that the conversation is started mm -hmm. and we want the conversation to continue. Yeah. And has your involvement in BTU shifted your perspective in terms of your own work on Broadway and the kind of things you want to work on? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is I've been very lucky. I've been very blessed with, you know, cause I get quite, uh, asked this question a lot about has racism played a part in your uh, career? I don't know. I, I, I've, uh, once I leave the room after the audition, it's not my, you know, I don't know what goes on after that, but I've been able to be lucky enough to be in the room in some aspects of shows that are not necessarily quote unquote African-American or culture, you know, cultural specific. Um, now I do remember there are times of things that have happened to me, small things that I go back and I go, ah, that wasn't right. And I do see it from a perspective from the lens of a black man, mm -hmm. but uh, I move forward. And I know that there are people that I stand on the shoulders who've had to endure a lot more than I did. Um, there was a lot of people newer in the industry um, that have experienced certain things that are uh, like blatant. And I want to be that person to be an advocate and uh, someone to support that, to make sure that those things are not happening again. Um, but on the other side of it, like it's more about just knowledge and opportunity. There are a lot of young people 
African-Americans or people of color that don't know that they could be in casting, that they don't know that they could be in administration uh, for uh, company management, um, things like that. So we want to open that door. And, and also there's a lot of people that don't even think that they could be directors or choreographers because they feel like it's so limited. So we want to just, again, make sure those opportunities are available. And uh, if we can be that organization or be part of uh, many organizations that can help facilitate that, love to be that. Yeah. You have alluded to this already, but uh, you have played many of musical theater's biggest roles, sometimes more than once. You talked about Phantom, you talked about Sweeney, you've done Javert in Les Mis, you've done Porgy, you've done Billy Flynn in Chicago. Do you have a favorite? No, uh, they're all like my little kids. So, uh, <laughs> but was was Phantom? It sounds like Phantom had a special place in your heart in terms of a role being a role that you saw many years ago and then wanted to play. Well, I love the show. I thought mm. the show was fantastic. I saw Colin Wilkinson do it up in Toronto, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to be in this show somehow because I love it. I love the music, yada yada." But I never thought that I could play the Phantom because I thought I had to be a star. I'd known that Robert Guillaume played the role. I saw that. Um, My first production of Phantom of the Opera, I saw. Are you serious? First national tour in Southern California. Absolutely. Yep. That's amazing. He was my first Phantom. Yep. It was one of those things where, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's Benson. You know, he's been on television. (laughs) And he's a star. So, you know, of course, they're going to give him that opportunity. And But he also had the chops. It wasn't like stunt Mm -hmm. casting. That man could sing his face off. But I just thought maybe in order for me as a black man to be in that role, I would have to have some sort of star status. So I just kept, you know, going on with my career and people kept asking me, what do you want to, you know, what's your dream role? And I said, Phantom, 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 Phantom. And after a while, it became more than just wanting to play the role. I wanted to also set a precedent and, you know, hopefully show that, African-Americans are more than just doing the whiz and, you know, and being able to, this was, you know, Phantom is quote unquote, like the pinnacle of male musical theater roles. It's one of those, like when people know that you played the Phantom, they go, Oh, you were the Phantom, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like winning Miss America. It doesn't matter who's under, it doesn't matter who's under the mask is if you've worn the mask, you're somebody who's special. Right. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of what I, why I wanted it. All right. So finally getting it, then it became bigger than that. It became like, you know, I, I got all these accolades being the first African-American to play it on Broadway, standing on the shoulders of Robert Guillaume. But uh, I remember I got the person of the week on, on ABC. Diane Sawyer said, said my name. I'm like, what the hell <laughs> right now? But I would meet people after the show who were from India, from Brazil, from China, saying, now I feel like I could play the role. Mm-hmm. And so it became that for me. It was like being that representation for these people who were hopeful to be a part of the show. And so that that's what I hold dear and near to my heart. Yeah. Is there a composer whose work you particularly gravitate to? You've sung the scores of, uh, I mean, uh, possibly all of uh, the musical theater greats. What um, is there someone in particular whose work you really, uh, that really attracts you? Well, you know, I always love Sondheim. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, he's, he's the Shakespeare of musical theater. Um, But 
I've been able to, you know, obviously Andrew Lloyd Webber is amazing. Uh, I My first show in New York, quote unquote New York, I rehearsed in New York, but we did a show out at Candlewood Playhouse in Danbury, mm-hmm. Connecticut, uh, was Joseph and the amazing blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh-huh. Then I got a chance to do, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar uh, yep. with John Legend. So yeah, on TV, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't beat Andrew Lloyd Webber's stuff, man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I would love to do Pask and Paul I would love to kind of get in there somewhere because those guys are fantastic. Mm. I um, I would I I've only had a snippet of performing Andrew Lippa's music, and I would love mm. a chance to do that. Uh, gosh, uh, uh, Jason Robert Brown, I adore. He's like one of my best friends. I love him so much, and I love his music. Mm. Um, so I'm open to pretty much everybody, but I'm going to tell you Douglas Lyons and his writing partner as well. Great. They have some really good music on the, on the horizon. So I'm looking forward to that. It seems like in general, you are involved a lot in sort of revivals, particularly sort of big musical properties. Mm -hmm. Um, is that happenstance or is that a thing that you sort of gravitate toward because now, you know, chicken and biscuits is a new play and you're talking about Douglas's, you know, new show coming up. It's pretty much happenstance. I mean, yeah. you know, I was I, I was not even Porky and Best was never a dream to do. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought of that show. I thought they would always hire somebody who was from the opera stage to play Porgy. I thought if anything, I would be sport and life. When they even offer, when they said we want you to come and audition, I was like, oh, it's sport and life. You know, right. that's usually a musical theater person, even on the opera stage. But no, they said Porgy. And I'm like, what? Okay. Um, oh, oh, all right. All right. So then it became like, oh, well, this is, you know, I get a chance to hang out with that Audra girl. Um, yeah. That Audra yeah. woman. What's her name? Yeah. What's your name? Audra yeah. something. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, I, yeah, I think it is by happenstance that I'm doing revival. Yeah, you're right. Because if you mm-hmm. think about my lineage, you think Les Mis, Porgy and Pass. What else? Wait, what else was a? I mean, a, you did Little Mermaid. I'm speaking particularly of your Broadway kind of right. portfolio, and even you know Sweeney Todd more recently off Broadway. Right. Um, it's a you know it's a lot of uh, well you know once on this island you know but you did there was King Triton and Little Mermaid that was yeah how about that old chestnut yeah yeah, that's... yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well you know I was I was now that was another moment of like okay Disney. All right, you're gonna go with a black guy. Mm. Whoa, that's that's pretty progressive. You're mm. trusting me with your multi-million dollar show, and we had a great time, and uh, you know, obviously built some amazing uh, relationships. Uh, Sierra Vargas was will always be the Little Mermaid, and um, and we just it was funny because I just I remember with the lighting for that show because she was so pale they wanted her not to go into the sun at all and i had to wear uh makeup that made me shine so i wore a lot of gold and Mm. glitter so that way we could balance each other out on stage (laughs) um but yeah you know kudos to disney for being so progressive they've been doing that for many years now and I, i love what i love that i love that yeah yeah so how long are you in chicken and biscuits and then what's next on your plate after that uh, Chicken and Biscuits, I think, runs until first week of January mm-hmm. with, I think, a possibility of an extension somehow. Right. Um, 
because I think American Buffalo is coming into the theater after that. Um, and then I have concerts in Southern Florida uh, coming up. And But the biggest thing I'm excited about uh, is March 4th, I will make my Carnegie Hall solo debut. I've done Carnegie Hall before, but I've never done it by myself. And so I'm excited to be with the New York Pops. Do you, how does, how do you think of your concert performances as why, how, what makes them uh, particularly attractive as something for you to do in addition to the work you do that we see on, you know, Broadway and off-Broadway stages? Well, what I love about the concert world is that it's, it's a party. I never call them concerts or shows. Mm. It's a party. I'm having fun on stage with the, either the orchestra, either a piano or a trio that I, you know, travel with. It's a party. And I just took that philosophy from um, the Rat Pack. They always said, we're going to have fun on stage. If you want to come and join us, come on. And that's that's the way I like to do things. It's very casual. I'll speak to the audience. Um, uh, they'll, I'll love when they speak back to me. You know, it's not I don't want you to just sit there and just to, uh, relax. I want you to kind of engage in it. Um, so it's also music that I get to choose. Um, dialogue I get to say that I, I've written out or stories I want to tell. So that's the fun part about it. You're, you're more in control. How's your coffee? How's breakfast? Oh, my you coffee's fantastic. Great. I, uh, I, I drink mushroom coffee. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, wait, let me tell you the brand real quick. Hold on. It is, it's called Mud. M-U-D, mm-hmm. Mud. And, and I guess mud water. And, and is there actually ca- coffee in it in addition to the mushroom? There's a caffeine. That, like, there's somehow they put caffeine in it. Okay. But it's not as much as regular coffee because I was drinking too much coffee. So this is a, a great alternative. Plus, it also, I feel like a commercial right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of this is the kind of intimate details that I feel like people are really wanting to know. But you drink your mushroom you, coffee. No, but it also helps you. Like it gives you. It doesn't give you like that buzz and then drops yeah. you off. It yeah. it actually kind of stays with you throughout the day, and I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you're gonna need that because you've got a busy day. You've got what rehearsal and then a show tonight. I've got rehearsal and I got a show tonight. All right. Well, uh, break, enjoy rehearsal, break a leg tonight. Uh, and we look forward to uh, seeing you at Carnegie Hall in March. Thanks, Norm. Thanks for Norm, chatting with me. You are awesome. Thank you. You're a great interviewer and you made me feel so at ease. <laughs> great. I get nervous with these things. because I always feel like I always feel like I'm going to say something stupid, but you made me feel very much at ease. I still may have said something stupid, but no, never, <laughs> never, not at all. We'll cut it out. Um, <laughs> thanks, Norm. Great talking to you. You too. Take care. That was Norm Lewis, who's appearing in the new play Chicken and Biscuits, now running at Broadway's Circle in the Square Theater. In November, you can catch him appearing alongside Reba McIntyre and John Schneider in the Lifetime Holiday movie Christmas in Tune. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about StageCraft. Find past episodes or subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, 
Find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.